0: This is the Frederick Faith Debate on Frederick's News Radio, 930 WFMD, brought to us by Putman Fleming and Heating. How can we make you smile? This is us, uh, the online version of this show, WFMD.com, keyword faith. There you will find a daily Monday through Friday updated blog. I encourage you to email me, Troy, at WFMD.com. And if you do that and it's uh, at, least, at least loosely related to the subjects we handle on this show, I will post it up there. My blog is your blog. What am I reading these days? Well, I finished reading C.J. Mahaney's Humility, True Greatness, which is kind of ironic these days, but it's a, it's a very good book and a reminder that uh, even those of us that know a lot about the things that we're supposed to do and can argue them well, still struggle areas in our life sometimes. Yeah, yeah, writing the book on humility has got to be, you know, the most difficult thing ever. C.J. Mahaney unfortunately has has had uh, some acute accusations against him in that area of not being very humble. Yeah. Uh, But uh, regardless, the book is good, and I'm sure that C.J. would say, yeah, you know what, the book was good, I need to follow it (laughs) better than I did, (laughs) probably. So, isn't that true for all of us? Amen. So, Jonathan Switzer, Senior Pastor at Crossroads Valley Chapel, thank you for being on the show again, my friend. And the founder
1: of the Frederick 48 Hour fast. Oh yeah. which will be on September 27th and 28th. Oh, so you got the dates. Is now. when we're going to do it. And okay. so I actually need to talk to Bob Miller and Blaine Young and and uh verify that they will uh let us do it on the air those days. September
0: 27th and 28th, those are those it's are good. at one week a, after the fair, right, which people will need to take a fast. That's what I was fair. thinking.
1: Totally. They, they will have
0: stuffed themselves, and it will give them a chance to get back on their uh, healthy diet. 48-hour uh, fast uh, started last year. Yep. It was in response to the Florida County Commissioners needing to cut all the funding, or at least claiming to need to, ha- to cut all the funding to the social agencies uh, in the county. Do you know that Pittsburgh last year did a one-day give day, and
1: they raised three? No, sorry. Let's see if I get this number right. 59 million dollars in one day. The first year they did it, they raised over two million dollars. In one day, they raised five point nine million dollars. They had seven hundred fifty thousand dollar matching grant uh, on the front end of that. And that brought them up to five point nine million. And that's similar to what we're trying to do here. We're saying everybody on that day give. As much money as you would uh, spend on food, for and the reason there is this
0: need is you know there is organizations, religious coalitions, Salvation Army. Uh, I mean, all these different organizations that that are helping to feed the poor, care for the poor, uh, provide for you know job training for the poor, whatever. All these things that are helping those that need help amongst us, uh, the people that the church should be meeting the need of, <laughs> to be quite frank, um, you know, they've been helped through a lot of um, secular money through tax dollars. And, of course, the economy is tough and budget cuts have to be made. And, and the county commissioners last year said, we just don't have the money anymore. And they slashed by hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so there was an attempt made to meet that need. It wasn't met fully, but it was met partially. Uh, there was some success last year. This year will be even better. And the idea, the concept is that people would – they might literally fast, but they would at least calculate in their mind, how much do I spend on food in two days? And however much money that is, I'm going to give it to the cause, right? That's kind of the idea.
1: So that's got to be between $50 and $100, depending on you know, your lifestyle and your family
0: size, somewhere in that range. So if you don't have the money, like, oh, I just don't have the 50 bucks, then don't eat for two days and send in your 50 bucks. Yeah, whatever right? it is. That's right. Many people
1: won't, but many people will. But the idea is that we go without to remind ourselves what it's like for those people. Now, you had a have website up last year. Is that website still up and active? That, it's still up. It's still active. You can still give through that website. So you don't have
0: to wait till September 27th. That's right. You could go to, it's just frederick48.org. frederick48.org. Though it's not updated for the new year uh, yet. Right, but they can yet. still link to all the different places to make their donations and yeah, that sort of that's stuff. That's correct. All right. There you go. All right. So what we're talking about now is the end of the world. That's right. Uh-huh. Happy it's, times. That's appropriate. Happy times. <laughs> 2012. So what baby. we're here for is I know who you are. We win. You went. You and- went to church, you know, back on December 25th, <laughs> and you went to church on Resurrection Sunday, and you're like, okay, I'm good. No, 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 no. So this show is going to guilt you back into the church pew. This da-da, week, next week, da-da. and every week. Because he's coming. Da-da. He's coming back. He is coming again. Uh. Dude, we
1: should, like, make commercials together. I mean, I mean, we could really sell some stuff together. He is
0: coming for you. I'll be the sound. You be the...
2: He is coming uh. like a...
0: Son of man in the clouds! <laughs> so anyway, last week in the show we were talking about this, and Jonathan referenced uh, Matthew 24, in which Jesus is referencing Daniel, I think it's chapter 7, yep, is that right? I believe That's so, so, yes. Uh, so, uh, with the whole son of man coming on the clouds and all that sort of thing, and Jonathan used the word par- partial preterist, basically, I'm going to have to do like last week's 27 minutes yeah, yeah, in, like in 30 seconds. Yeah, ready, go. Uh, but the, the gist of it is Jonathan is saying, look, everything that needed to happen, for the most part, with maybe a couple of little small exceptions, happened by AD seventy. When when the uh, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, all right. Jesus said, "Before this generation passes, this not a stone will be on another in this temple." And sure enough, in AD 70, that happened. Yeah. And so that informs his opinion on what the how to understand the end times yeah. eschatology.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Mark. Uh, or, or Mark. Troy Wallace was saying, I agree with you. I'm going to call you Mark. I don't now. Know where Troy. That came from. Mark. <laughs> I don't know why. You think yeah, could... My <laughs> name should be pretty easy for you to remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> I always wanted to be named Mark. <laughs> That's what it is. So I don't know. So, uh, uh, Troy Wallace was, was saying that I think that just uh, I, uh, what I was about to say was, Jonathan, you're kind of on the mark. Yeah, that's where yeah. I was going with that on a lot of this. But you're wrong. I just don't enough, go far enough. You're you're wrong enough that I can't say that I'm a partial preterist, and I can't say that I'm uh, going to lean in all millennial direction, which is what a partial preterist position would tend to. To carry with it, yeah, and uh, we just we defined all that last week. So you know, if you missed it, too bad. So go back and listen. That's so why right, people yeah, go back go. to listen to podcast. because our shows are interesting enough we, that they're like they got to hear what we're hoping podcast Backwards. fixed any day. That's which, right. Which might be like a millennium. Send <laughs> how in how your do, email. Is, is that defi- going to be literal, or <laughs> is it just do, be a really how long do you time? Millennium comes down to that.
2: So, well, I listen. What I wanted to pick up on was what I was talking about with coming and going, and Jonathan brought up you know that this greek word which yeah. i don't know what it is do you know what it is yeah. Yeah. What? No. What? Er- erkamai what erkamai yeah okay uh say that one come more time to for the me father. erkamai it means yeah. to, come, Er-K-a-mai. to go to travel yeah and that's so. where I think our first show we were talking about the beauty of nuance, yeah. and, and I think that this is where yeah, one yeah, of those yeah, nuances yeah, totally. come into play. I also think that you were talking about the Son of Man coming or going on the clouds of glory, w- implied judgment, which I also agree with. Yeah. And what we see here when 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 Part Jesus way, Yeshua, aspects.
0: I wanted to say this last week. We hold place here, comma. Where no the fucks? I don't want you to lose it. God, God, how do you mean? Come, because there are. I'm babbling now. There are examples of God coming and represented, being represented by a cloud, and it's not in judgment. That's true, right? but There's it the always represents of the cloud leading the Israelites through the yeah, wilderness. True, true the Absolutely. presence of God fills the temple and the tabernacle. That's and, true in both places. The, the the, in, the, the but ministers. Clouds, can't but stand. when it talks about
1: right, that's true. But whenever it talks about the Lord's going to come in the clouds of glory, on the clouds of heaven. In every one of those places, it deals with judgment. Well, and it is true that he dwells in a cloud
2: in in his holiness. We see that in the yeah. tabernacle and all those. Well, other places. in Isaiah six. Yeah, but I also think that uh, that the um, you were saying we see it, we see judgment on Israel. Absolutely, yeah. in yeah. seventy A.D. We absolutely do. Yeah. I think that when Yeshua is talking here at the end. Well, towards the end, I guess, of Matthew 24, specifically in verses 37, 38, and 39. He's talking about as in the days of Noah. Now, as in the days of Noah implies a world cataclysm that we haven't yet seen in 70 A.D. We certainly see a great judgment and cataclysm happen in Israel in the destruction and loss of the temple. I think, Jonathan, and this is where... I agree with you and yet disagree with you, that we also have to deal with the worldwide implication that we see in Noah. It's like, I I was thinking also of Peter's, uh, Peter in Acts 2 stands up and says, this is the fulfillment of Joel 2. But he can't mean that in its totality because Joel 2 says the spirit shall be poured out on all flesh. Well, when we're looking at Acts 2 in the context of Shavuot or Pentecost, in the, in the Temple Mount area, we see 3,000 people. We see 120 that see, you know, have the Spirit poured out on them as tongues of fire. And then we see 3,000 people come to, to confess Jesus as the Messiah, Yeshua as the King of Israel that day. But it's not a worldwide thing. And again, I think that this heavy and light or partial and full is something that we see when we're dealing with, uh, uh, prophecy in the text of the bible both in the in the the hebrew scriptures of the old testament as well as the new testament or the new it covenant scriptures like so you're,
0: you're kind of making uh, the already not yet kind of argument your heavy light correlation, absolutely kind of, which would be an all-millennialist's argument so i'm not sure i'm understanding so what how are uh-huh. you-
1: well so
2: you're me uh- <laughs> So well, I'm trying to understand, the, you're not defining yourself as a partial Here, pastor, let me either. say so it what, this way. I see the kingdom of God from Genesis to Revelation as stages. The first thing that we see is God, through the figure of a man appearing to the patriarchs of israel and reintroducing himself after the expulsion from eden and then we see god taking the descendants of those patriarchs turning them into a people where he inhabits he brings his presence down in a more corporate way in the tabernacle and then the temple the figure of the which figure of the man you're referencing there uh, what's often in the with English Bible translated as the, the, the angel of the Lord okay. or the messenger of Yudhe Vavhei. Okay. Uh, we see the patriarchs interacting Asher with... Asher just wrote a book on this. You've got to get a yeah, copy of it. No, Who, but ate, I'm, I'm, Who ate I'm, lunch ate, with Abraham? But I'm I'm wondering wondering why
0: why we, ReviveIsrael.org. Why would we start ten chapters in? Why not start in Genesis 1 and 2?
2: Well, I think we see that in Genesis 1 and 2. We see uh, God in the form of a man walking in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve.
1: We okay, do. We see so that. It's, it's, right, there. it's yep. right. there. Are you satisfied?
2: Uh, I guess. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, anyways, the stages thing. We see uh, God then takes the goes to the next level and puts His presence in the temp- in the tabernacle and then the temple with a people in Israel. Then we see another stage where God inhabits a human form, so much so that he gets born and he has a name. His name is Jesus. He, he promises the Holy Spirit, the, the Ruach HaKodesh, the, the holy presence of God to his disciples if they tarry in Jerusalem. They see that in Acts 2 and we see what, what, what many describe as the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in a people. Then we see the next stage, which is primarily through Peter and Paul's interaction with the non-jewish people we see the presence of god now extending beyond the boundaries of just the people of israel into jerusalem judea samaria and to the ends of the earth then i see another stage which is jesus sitting in a chair in jerusalem administrating justice over the face of the earth and then i even see a final stage to that which is him putting all things under his feet and turning the kingdom over to the father and thus fulfilling his purpose in serving the father I mean, it's 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 brilliant, and so that's why I see stages. I mean, you can see some parts of some things in almost all of that. Now, nah, don't take that too far. I'm not trying to make the most broad statement possible and expecting it to apply to every pro- prophetic declaration from any part of Scripture, but it is part of how I see stages. So that's why I can find myself in some positions with jonathan of we do have a now and not yet approach because we are in a stage of the kingdom of god on earth where his presence inhabits us There there's something to be won here and yet we're still walking out our salvation with fear and trembling it hasn't come all the way full yet what is the fullness of that Salvation that we're wrestling with in, f- in, in in fear and trembling, I see that as Jesus coming and starting to spread His rule of peace over the earth for a thousand years, and then the last enemy that's defeated is death, and then He turns the kingdom over to the Father, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So my approach from Genesis to Revelation is one of of the kingdom of God in stages, and I see Jesus's purpose as. Uh, uh, one of the stages. Now it was the greatest stage, and I could say that Jesus has been involved in some ways all the way since Genesis 1, and we see that in John 1, that He's the Creator, He's the Word made flesh, He's all of these things, and He's the guy that was, you know, hanging out in the cool of the day with Adam other than the you know, and having lunch with Abraham, other
0: than the you know the Jesus in the first century is just, is is one of the stages kind of language. Other than that part of it, most of what you said sounded like the kinds of arguments that I hear and read from amillennialists. They're talking about these 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 different. Uh, they might they don't use the word stage. That would be a, the language would be different. But they they talk about this unfolding of the redemptive historical. You know revelation of God. There's a redemptive history, and God provides evidences and windows into that at different periods in time throughout right. redemptive history. And so what we have in the garden, and we have God makes his creation, and it is good. It is very good. And so that's a representative of, of God's kingdom. God's ruling there, and there's no sin yet, and everything's good, and he gives authority to man to now rule over the kingdom. Right? He says, okay, now you guys are in charge. You are sure. my you are my uh my my staff bearers I'm giving you control here and they screw it up and so then there's this breach there's this break and so then we see this kind of what you're talking about these these uh these stages. Uh, Does pic- anybody that pictures. talk about
1: the stuff though not talk about different stages of history?
0: Like in the in the in, you know, the temple, like you the premillennialists
1: the and all those guys, they, they talk about stages. of history, Yeah, right? every- everybody deals with stages.
0: Yeah, but this idea that all these stages are representing something that's kind of already true and not yet fulfilled—that's an amillennialist's
2: argument, isn't
0: that,
1: Well, right? so I'm, isn't I'm, yeah, the yeah, already everybody believe? I mean, already and yet. Can you give me an example? Somebody that yet? doesn't
2: believe in the already not yet thing? What? Isn't already n- not yet a particular phrase that's attributed to? George Eldon Ladd, George Elden Ladd yeah, who was, the who was years not an amillennialist. So, he was he was a, a, a premillennialist, and I also think he was a post-trib guy, but I'm not sure of the trib part. I'm just pretty sure he was a, a premillennialist uh, as a whole. So that's my recollection of it anyways. Well, my understanding of the millennial—maybe I'm—this uh, could be a hole in my uh,
0: understanding of things, which is very much possible. But the idea of the already not yet is Christ already reigns now; He's already King, right? He's already ruling. Okay. He's already seated at the right hand of the Father. He right? is right. So he's so in that if if the if we're talking about millennial rule, He already rules, so it's already started, and yet it's not completely fulfilled in the way that it will ultimately be and so that's the not yet part and it sounds to me like that's kind of what you're saying so i'm a little confused well, on well here's what the difference with with john here's the is.
2: thing i'm just taking the thousand years as literal you know we 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 as creationists want to defend that it was literally six 24-hour days at the beginning of time and i think it's interesting that sometimes then we take the thousand years from john and want to make that uh, figurative now well, not all people fall into this well,
0: category in fairness, though genesis would prime i mean there's some poetic uh, particularly the first few chapters have some have a poetic feel it's like a poetic prose but for the most part people take genesis as narrative and narrative is generally understood as more historical but nobody takes revelation john 's uh revelation, John's, uh, uh, revelation uh, of jesus as as narrative it 's apocalyptic link uh literature so it 's very
2: metaphorical so there's there but it 's not exclusively metaphorical is it it's, i mean it's, it's exclusively apocalyptic well I can go with you on the exclusively book is apocalyptic I absolutely agree with you that it 's apocalyptic but i i don't know that apocalyptic absolutely requires exclusive figurative interpretation there has to be something about it that's literal right you know,
1: but the point is is that trying to figure out where the one starts and the other one stops like point, tend to be a little bit subjective but with,
2: I, I agree that it's subjective yeah. but we have to i, yeah, I mean i'm reading it expecting it. Yeah. to be able to understand something literally from it
0: yeah, and I do too, which is Jesus wins.
2: I I'm with you all right? the way, which That's is why, why when some people talk about the end of the world, they get a fearful thing. I don't have I don't have any fear. I don't have any fear about the end of the world. Right. We win. There's nothing to be afraid of. It might not be but so comfortable there, along the way. I was just
0: making cuz there are a lot of people I know them. There are a lot of people that will that will say I believe in a literal 6-day creation, 24-hour 6-day creation. Right. But I also take the millennium to be Figurative, and their the, the thrust of their argument is going to be it's different kinds of literature. Genesis and, and Revelation are completely different types of literature. They need to be read
2: differently. So there's
0: not my point is there's not it, it's not an inconsistency for them to
2: hold those two views. Uh, it's not if you get into what type of literature it is. I agree with you, Troy. But if you if we're talking about consistency in our uh, approach to hermeneutics, which right. I think that there's something to be gained from. Saying, seeing both of them as literal. Now you haven't asked me how I so, literally interpret the six days of Genesis. Okay. Right, That's right, a whole right. other conversation. Yeah. So is yeah, God a chicken? We have, we, we have <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Is God a chicken? No, I don't think God's a chicken. Well,
0: literally, he would have to be because he's like a hen covering over his <laughs> his, his his chicks, right? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm with you. I get your her, point. you know what I mean. So no, I, just, I mean I get your fair, point too. So the I word, totally get your point. The phrase "a thousand years." Uh, from what I can tell, shows up in the Old Testament in Psalm 90, verse 4, where it says, a thousand years in your sight are like a day. And Days like right? a thousand years. Uh, uh, no, watching watching the no that's Second Peter. You're right. It's where watching it says, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. Ecclesiastes talks about if you live to to be a thousand years twice over, but fail to enjoy your prosperity, what good is your prosperity, right? And those are the only places in the Old Testament that thousand years shows up. In the New Testament, it's only Second Peter, thousand years. It's like a day for the Lord, and a, and a, a day like a thousand years. And then Revelation twenty talking about the millennium. There is no other place that talks about a thousand years. But when you look up a thousand and you see the way that the phrase, just the word thousand, is used through the Old Testament, it's obvious. That it's used in a whole bunch of places where the, where it's not dealing with some kind of a literal thing, but it's describing a certain amount of things and all I'm saying is that if you use scripture to interpret scripture, there's not a whole lot of evidence to go on that would say we should look at that thousand years as a literal thousand years. I'm not saying that that necessarily means that it that can't and that the literal. argument can't yeah. be made. I'm just saying that uh, like the supreme well, court discussion about obamacare right now you've got a lot to prove as to you know that the onus is on is on you i feel like to to prove why we should take that particular thousand phrase a thousand and say that that it's, it's literal. really literal yeah, yeah.
2: and I, I guess i i mean um there's there's one kind of su- uh su- uh subjective thing in the back of my head that i that i uh I'm not going to be able to quote Talmudic references or anything like this, but well, that's there's, good. there's also because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to follow you. Yeah, well, all, this, of, his, uh, all <laughs> of his leaders do though, all the time. I mean, there's there's this sweep. There's this sweep in, in a Jewish worldview. There's this sweep of human history. Yeah, that's six thousand years long, and there's this thousand years that stands alone at the end of time that is attributed to the son of David ruling. So the Mayan uh, calendar was right. Well, we're coming up on the end of the 6000 well, right the, now, baby. The, the point is is that 1000 <laughs> years represents a
1: day. So I don't mean to use the Mayan to somehow 1000
2: uh, years represents a day. Minimize your argument. The, tha- sure. the last the 7000 is comparable to Shabbat or or the resting of creation. Right. In terms of the grand sweep of human history. And I can't I- So Again, that I want you to know yeah. that that's a, a a subjective thing that's informing my opinion on this. Sure, uh, uh, but what what is it built on? Rabbinically, what is it built on? It's built on that thing from Psalms about a thousand years equaling a day. It's hard so it's also to get figurative. away from
1: that from that kind of an orientation. I mean, I, I got to admit that when I think about it's these beautiful. things, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it it's sure sublime. Is. It's simple. It's forthright. And, and if the, that's the case. You know, I'm not going to have any argument, you know, if this yeah. is the time, you know, for, for for Christ to finally return and to set up his kingdom, you know, forever. I'm
2: comfortable with all that. And and I also, I want you guys to know that I, I wouldn't mind being wrong. Like, it wouldn't offend me. Right. But I will say that my worldview is built on... Jesus coming and fulfilling something on earth that belongs to him as the son of David. Okay, he this, rules in heaven as the son of God right yeah. now. That's absolutely true. This is so But important. there's a promise to David for his son to rule forever. And David's son never did that on the chair in Jerusalem that belongs to the son of David. And And this this is the part that is Messianic Jewish that I think is so important. They saw that at the triumphal entry. They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and rules in the seat of David. And yet Jesus died instead and didn't fulfill that promise. He didn't do what God promised to David's son to do. He's doing that as the son of God in heaven. But he's not doing that on earth as the son of David. He will do that for a thousand years in my estimation maybe it'll be a thousand days but i think it'll be a thousand years and i think it will be fantastic and i think we'll see our faith come full everything that we've been hoping for and when i say we i I want you to know i'm thinking of the righteous first century jewish expectation of the the messiah that's equal to the 21st century expectation of the messiah to rule from jerusalem over the nations of the world uh, with a, a kingdom of peace that's never-ending. You know, a oh, one world government, if you will, except Jesus is the head of it and not some man-made political body. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, and, and we agree on that because there's not any Christian that's going to say that Jesus isn't coming back again and that something significantly, You're right. significantly different happens. So we have absolute agreement there. I think the difference ends up being like what is the – you with know, The practical outworking of all this is, what is the role of the church in all of this then? you know, Because if you're going to hold that Jesus is ruling now, and he is ruling on earth in some sense through his church, right. through indwelling his people, then that has implications that would disappear if you're saying, no, no, he's not ruling on earth yet. That's going to happen. So, so there's all sorts of these well, know, I think, theological connections that end up being dominoes that fall.
2: And I think Peter addresses that when he says, uh, you know, we live righteous and in holiness as a people who are hastening the day of the Lord. I mean, the implications for us are to see righteousness and holiness in the people of God, Jew and Gentile alike. And the when I look at the face of the earth, uh, uh, I don't see that in his people. I mean, I don't see it in me all the time. I really want to see it in me. But that's that's our thing, is to yield our hearts completely so that his righteousness can rule in us and we can see holiness and righteousness on the face of the earth to hasten that day of his coming.
1: So can we make sure that we draw out... Uh, next week, uh, specifically what what I feel like is the uh, Messianic Jewish uh, um, emphasis on the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies and, and uh, the literal fulfillment of those things in terms of the land and that sort of thing, because I feel like that's yeah. an important part of what you're talking Absolutely. about. We're that kind I'd of like building to draw up to that, and that would be the logical yeah. place for Great. us to go next.
0: Cool. Excellent. All yeah. right. Jonathan Schweitzer, with a great suggestion for next week's show. Woo-hoo! Senior pastor across the Valley Chapel. And uh, Troy, also known as Mark Wallace, he is the uh, director of Revive Israel. Northern I don't want America. you guys writing
1: any uh, gospels here. On and me, you know. uh, assistant Careful.
0: congregational uh, leader at El Shaddai Congregation. I'm Troy Skinner. Thanks to our sponsor, Putman Plumbing and Heating. How can we make you smile? Again, visit us online, wfmd.com, keyword faith. And you can email me, troy, at wfmd.com. Until next week, God bless.
1: Here at Putman Plumbing, we make a living by servicing our customers' needs, but we make our life by how we service our clients. The Putman Plumbing way combines value, ethics, honest answers, and amazing service, because we believe you deserve it. Putman Plumbing, how can we make you smile?